Have you ever wondered whether the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment, and acted from that place? Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your hosts, Brian Berneman and Kayla Grimble, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world. We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and changemakers. From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian Berneman, your host. And for this episode, I am here with Sarah Santa Croce. And Sarah... Thank you first so much for being here, taking the time to spend your morning there in Switzerland, early morning, to be able to, to be here talking with us. And I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself to everyone that is listening. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Brian. This is this is like one of the highlights of my week. I'm like I told my kids I'm gonna have a podcast with New Zealand. Can you imagine? <laughs> so so yeah, really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so as you said, Switzerland, uh it's my home, born and raised in Switzerland. That's where I grew up. Um where should I start? I, I think I I usually start when I actually left Switzerland for the first time. Um, I, you know, went to school here. And then when people kind of started to, you know, make choices, whether they wanted to go to university or not, I decided university is not for me. It's too confining. I wanted, it felt like constrictive and I didn't feel like um, that's my place. And so instead, I uh, left uh, for a year to Paris and uh, went over there to, you know, kind of deepen my French. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that year. I was 18. So obviously a great time to be in Paris. And then when I came back, um, I grew up in the German speaking part of Switzerland. And when I came back from Paris, I'm like, actually, you know, it feels much better to be in the French-speaking part of Switzerland now that I speak French and felt like a vacation to me. Mm. Switzerland has four different languages and it's really like each part of Switzerland is its own mini culture. Um, and so the, the French-speaking part is much more um, kind of like, like the South, you know, more Mediterranean where the German-speaking part is kind of more German and you know kind of um, yeah um, precise and stuff so I moved to uh, the French speaking part and have been here ever since um, except for the second time when I left Switzerland and that was in uh, the year 2006 when my husband and I uh, and our two kids we moved to California for four years um, he had a, a job transfer and so we decided um let's let's move actually he came home and he said i have two choices either minneapolis so you know winter cold mm. or california and i'm like well let's go to california so yeah that's also kind of when i started my business over there and um and yeah this, the rest is history now i'm back in in switzerland and um as you know, we're kind of can't travel right now and I really miss it because part of 
um, you mentioned my my last name, and we kind of you know discussed how to pronounce that before we went uh, online. And uh, it's Italian, so my husband is originally from uh, Sicily, but grew up in Canada. And and so we have these Italian roots. And when we came back from California, we were really missing the sun and the palm trees and just a kind of more relaxed way of living. And so we started looking into buying something in, in Sicily, which we then did. And so now we have a, a place in, in Sicily and that's when I when I go there, then I turn into Italian Sarah, and it's just like a different different Sarah, like a different, yeah, yeah way of living down there. So mm. I miss that right now. Beautiful. And, and for for those that are listening that that don't know yet about what is it that that you do, and one of the main topics that I wanted to, to talk in this conversation, can you share a little bit on? how you got into the work that you're doing now and what does it entail? Yeah. So what I left out in, in, in the story is that I had a very, I think, different kind of upbringing. I grew up in a hippie commune. And uh, so my, my parents and uh, five friends bought an apartment building together And so we each had our own apartment, but we spent a lot of time uh, with the other families. And I feel like I have one, you know, blood sister, but I feel like I have, you know, all these other siblings mm. from these different families. And so we, that's how I grew up. And, and there was, they co-owned that building. And so there was a lot of things that were uh, decided together. And I remember these meetings where they would have, Um, you know, all these discussions and not everybody would always agree. And so there's this idea of having different opinions and, and being fair and gentle and, and kind, and yet being very firm in their opinions that that's how I, I grew up surrounded by that. Um, I very much ditched that whole thing, though, as when I moved out, um, you know how teenagers sometimes are. They're like, I want nothing to do with my family. They're all just bizarre and weird. <laughs> like that's how it felt to me back then. I'm like, oh my God, my dad is going to come pick me up with his bike when everybody else is getting picked up in their car. And, and so I really left everything behind and then went into business, as I mentioned in California, where I then started a LinkedIn consulting business. And the irony just, you know, hits me right now that I went into the most kind of professional and stiff kind of platform mm. uh, being, uh, you know, at the origin, this, this hippie child <laughs> in a way. So I did that for, for 10 years. So I, I ran a, a LinkedIn consulting business Um obviously still work with, with some clients on LinkedIn because that's a, that's a skill I build. But over time, I just felt like I'm so different from everyone out there, especially when it comes to marketing. Like mm -hmm. I grew up in this marketing, this online marketing world, uh, having started the business in 2006 when all the social media started And, you know, uh, all these marketing techniques on how you grow your list and scale your business and run a webinar that gets you a million dollars in two weeks, all these techniques. That's what I was surrounded with. Mm. 
And so eventually, I guess uh, it led to this breakdown that then started a breakthrough. So that's how I got into this idea of we need more gentleness, we need more kindness, because at Deep down, I always wanted to be kind. And so that's why these marketing techniques often didn't feel kind to mm. me. And I always tried to adapt them. And yet I felt like such a, yeah, such a fraud to actually use some of these techniques. And and over and over, I heard from clients, I hate marketing. Mm. Uh, and, and so I really wanted to dig deeper. Why is that? Why do people hate marketing so much? And it really is because because we're doing marketing things that are not aligned with our values. We're being told to do things a certain way. And then we're doing it because the gurus said so, but it just doesn't feel right. Mm. So, yeah, that's kind of the other thing is the, the anxiety. I really started to pay attention to the anxiety, the, the, the global level of anxiety in general. Mm. Uh, but also then when I looked at marketing, I'm like, why is it that marketing is contributing to this anxiety? Yeah. Couldn't be, couldn't there be a better way? Couldn't we like, you know, it's kind of like the B Corps um, do business for good. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, couldn't there be a way that we do market our products or services, but yeah. without always increasing this anxiety in ourselves because we don't feel good. And in our clients, because we use these manipulative techniques, shaming and, and all yeah. of that. It's so interesting because uh, there's two things that when, when before this conversation, um, like some of the, the things on why I, I wanted to, to have this conversation with you, partly is because I am on that um, side where I think that most of the marketing techniques that I see out there don't resonate with me at all. Um, I've I've worked in the past in marketing. Um, I didn't like what I was doing because of that. Um, mm-hmm. And back back in 2008, so this is actually quite a while back. I did my postgrad in neuroscience, and mm-hmm. and this was back in Argentina. It was the first time that neuroscience was being taught as a postgrad in Argentina. And it was me, my older brother, we went to study that together. And mm-hmm. the rest of the people that were there, you know, there were um, 12 more students. They were all sent from the big corporations like Procter & Gamble and Unilever mm-hmm. and all of that um, type of companies. They were sent there to learn how they can use the new understandings from neuroscience to sell more and to manipulate more. Wow. And, and I thought, you know, this is so interesting. There's me here trying to just learn and understand. And then there's these people that went there to actively try to see how else can they manipulate. And, and for me, this is, as, as you say, one of the biggest things that we have in this modern society that is an issue that is that we know how people work and how people react and how people behave and therefore it's easier to manipulate that yeah but for me for example when when i'm 
when I'm working, when I'm running conscious action, when I'm doing business, I almost never use any of the techniques that I'm being told that this is the way that it works just because I like I cannot do it. Like it doesn't feel good at all. And I prefer to have one client instead of 50 if that means that I'm doing what it feels good for me. Yeah. And what I would say to that... Oh, sorry. No, no, I was just going to say like... Okay. What what like what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fascinating because because yeah, obviously that's what a lot of marketers say. They're like, yeah, but you know this works because we know it works because it's based on human psychology. And what I would say to that is, I think it works as long as there is value. Uh, in what you're offering and as, as long as you're not just doing it in order to yeah to sell more and, and the main objective is basically to sell then it's not it doesn't feel good right if the objective is to really offer value then you know yes okay to a certain extent you want to obviously not completely ditch everything that works. I don't think that's what we're trying to, to say here. Um, like, let's take the example of, of these, uh, you know, three um, pillars that we often see in uh, pricing techniques where you have, you know, a cheap price, a middle price and a really high price. So what happens there is that they know that the middle price is usually the one that sells most, right? And so they're manipulating the prices of, you know, they, for example, they put a really, really high price that nobody is ever going to buy on the right-hand side for the really high-priced offer. And then they, you know, just put a bunch of crap into the lower-end offer, so that, uh, you know, or sorry, in the middle end offer. And by crap, I mean like a bunch of ebooks and like things that it's almost like overwhelming, uh, an overwhelming amount of content. And just so that it looks like more and that they are able to sell more. So that to me, that's not offering value, right? And so that is tricking the human uh, mind into buying your middle offer and, and not really thinking, am I really offering value? Mm. And, and in, in your journey of working with this and, and what you call the, the gentle business and marketing revolution, um, what are your learnings and what are the things that that you can share with our listeners that perhaps are in the same boat, that they are, you know, entrepreneurs and they are starting their own businesses, but they feel conflicted around using some of these techniques? Yeah, I think it all starts with awareness and really, you know, just hearing this. We all... It's funny because we all kind of know this. I mean, that's what I hear a lot when I talk about this. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, yes, I, I, that's what I've been thinking all along. And so kind of having someone say that on a podcast or, or, or read a book about it, that just kind of gives you permission to say, yeah, I'm going to really pay attention to this and no longer, you know, kind of deal with uh, things that make me feel 
less than or that make me feel anxious or manipulated. So start with the awareness and, and, you know, look at your inbox. And if there's anything that you're receiving where you just like don't feel good, maybe give the person the benefit of the doubt, because I think there's a lot of us who are just doing the things that we're told to do without being actually aware how it makes other people feel. So, meaning if you actually have been following this person for a long time and you feel like deep down, this is a, a good person, I want to, you know, keep engaging with them, maybe give them the benefit of the doubt and maybe actually, you know, reply to the email and, and kindly say, you know, that really didn't make me feel good. Um, just, you know, see what comes back. But if, if, on the other hand, this is a person who has continually used those methods and you just can, you can feel it. You go to a website and you could just feel it. You're like, mm, no, thanks. No longer engaging with that kind of content. And so as you're becoming more aware, you will also become more aware of your marketing and what works for you and what doesn't work anymore. And it's, it's the little things, you know, it's little things, it's words, it's how you, how you frame things. It's, it's, yeah, just look at your language, the way you use it. It's, it's so nuanced the way we've been taught to market and sell. And a lot of times it's shaming techniques. Uh, so making the other person feel like they have this giant problem that they can never solve unless they buy your program or your product. Um, yeah, it, it's a lot of sh shaming and manipulating. And I think once you start to pay attention to that, you, you can slowly shift to a more gentle approach of marketing. Yes, and that is... I, I, and there's two things from what you were just sharing that really resonate with me. One is that sometimes it is uh, like as a consumer of things, it is also um, easy in a sense to actually, as you were saying, like just reply and give feedback to people because a lot of people, and I know this based on a lot of people that I know, um, the same people that are trying to tell me what to do, have been telling other people what to do. And some of them are doing it. And I know that they are nice people. I know that they mean well. Yet mm -hmm. I unsubscribe from their um, newsletters because I don't like that. And, and is this as easy as you say, like that? I, I say the same when um, with a completely different thing, but with companies with consuming goods, like if I'm you know, buying a, a t-shirt or things like that is like um, sending to the businesses that I don't believe that are doing the right thing, just sending right. them an email, communicating, because perhaps they haven't thought about that. And yeah. the, the other thing that I think that it's, it's, um, it's interesting is um, going with what resonates, going mm -hmm. with, you know, this is, this is the approach that I want to, to give this is how I'm going to add value because at the end of the day like, this is what we're trying to do and marketing and a lot of the tools are just a way of getting people to engage and to actually see that I exist and this is what I'm trying to to provide and 
and just how does it resonate to do it and what is the best way to do it for me and that way is not going to be the same for each person for each person is going to be different um right. how can we get to the point where more people are aware of the techniques that are being used therefore we are not as easily manipulated or do you think that it's even possible you know your your podcast is called conscious action and that's really i think what it's all about it's this idea uh, i talk about in the book about the conscious client and you just mentioned this idea of you know uh, i no longer want to buy um clothes from a company that I don't, uh, you know, trust or that I, I know that they're doing shady to, um, pr production, etc. So I think it will be a, a thing that happens over time, but not necessarily over a lot of time because things are moving really fast towards a more conscious world. And, and I think that's this movement is going to come from the customers, from the conscious client, not from the companies. And so I start with entrepreneurs because that's where I've spent the last decade. I do eventually think that conscious companies should be interested in gentle marketing and should pay attention to what the conscious client really wants Because this movement is going to continue and that's what's going to lead the move to a, a more gentle approach to marketing. Mm. And, and I'm curious, are there, and of course, this is, I'm asking you to put in a very short amount of words, what is a movement and what is something that you wrote a book about and that you're doing for work, but what makes gentle marketing different? Mm. I think it's really uh, to bring more empathy uh, and kindness to your marketing. So if I had to give you just one sentence, that would be it. Mm. And, and that really comes from this idea of understanding your um, conscious client holistically and not just focusing on the one thing that you're trying to sell them. In marketing, we're told that we really need to focus in on that problem, right? The, the yeah. problem that they have and kind of blow up that problem so that you mm. can then say, but I have the solution. So it's a shift from that and coming really to marketing with a holistic approach to, to it. And, and yes, clearly still stating the problem mm -hmm. because that's how client then realizes that we have actually maybe experienced a problem or we, we know this problem. So it's, it's not about not talking about the problem, but talking about the problem with more empathy and mm -hmm. not making the person feel bad that they have this problem. Mm -hmm. So when you think about service providers, too often that's what we see and that's what we've been taught on these sales copy pages that it's on and on and on about this problem that you have that you don't have clients or that you don't have enough money and and instead of you know spending so much time on that just go into more of you know the, the solution and really bring that with with empathy and kindness and and I think it, it's 
Yeah, it's a shift from kind of negative marketing to positive marketing. Mm. And and we've been trained to think that that doesn't work as well. Yeah. And I'm just not sure that I agree with that. I am okay with thinking that it's slower and that is okay. Mm. Yes. That's such but that's a that's thing. a shift, you know, for people to agree, okay, we mm. can do marketing in a bit a slower uh, approach. Yeah, and, and you know what, what you just mentioned is really interesting because there is. Um, I, I remember <laughs> I I was talking with with someone that that works in marketing, and they were telling me, um, "You're not telling anyone what's their problem. Like you're just talking about like." well-being and consciousness and being relaxed and you know and they're like no, no, no you need to start talking with with the sense of that um scarcity what yeah. what's not there and getting yeah. the, also the the pressure of of the buy now because then this is going to be gone and i'm like yeah. no like i'm not there's like I, i mean yes if i'm running an event or if i'm running a webinar or a workshop there's a certain time that of course people need to subscribe or buy but i'm not from day one saying like there's only five spots left and you need to buy now or the price will double or stuff like that and all of those techniques that that i've been told that works and i know that they work because people actually like get triggered Um, yeah. and then they buy yet um, from what you're saying I think that it's really interesting and this is I think that it's my natural approach is I prefer that slowness I prefer to go a little bit slower pace but not trying to push people's buttons in that yeah. way and not not going into the scarcity I'm being more about abundance I'm being more about I'm here And I'm of service instead of trying to get people to come to me. I'm so glad you brought that up about the scarcity and abundance because it's it's another one of those human psychology tricks, right? It's like, yeah, make people feel like there's not enough or there's there's it's gonna end or you know, anything like that. And and the other thing is <clears throat> I think people who build a business based on scarcity. Mm -hmm. They cannot expect to have a sustainable business because people who come in with scarcity, they're not going to be in a state where they get results like the people who come in in a state of abundance. Mm -hmm. And so they're scared already, right? They're, fe they're feeling like I'm not, gonna, I'm not good enough. And so I better hope this $2,000 program solves my problems And so they're in this constricted energy and a lot of times it just doesn't work for those kind of clients. And yet what we see on the sales page is the number one person for whom it actually worked, right? But the, the reason that that doesn't create a sustainable business is because unhappy clients don't refer to others And so you're you're not really you you continue to have to hustle to get more of these scarcity clients because it just doesn't it doesn't create that bubble effect where you know eventually people just refer you and 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 it just grows organically. So it's a it's a 
yeah, it's kind of this vicious circle that you you keep feeling like I have to push more and more and more. Mm, yes, and, and you know, it's I, I find it interesting because this um, I've been living with that referral or that word of mouth for for my business and for making a living. Um, and it's really interesting because a lot of people are like, oh, no, like, you know, you should go like, and like, promote this and get all of these clients. And I'm like, I'm good with this. Like, these people like, are seeing actually the results. They are coming to me. They are referring me. Like, if someone is referring me, that means that what I'm doing actually is of help. And I can actually see that. And I'm, I'm privileged enough to be able to actually make a living just by, yeah. by doing what I love doing and by, by supporting people. And, and I think that this is something that, as you say, like, yes, it might be slower than if I would be selling all of these big ticket webinars and millions of people. And it's like, yeah, I don't yet have that much clients and that much money, but I'm perfectly comfortable with where I am. And, and not everyone needs to be, you know, like, I don't know, just to name someone like Tony Robbins or something like that, like a big name that is doing these huge things. Not everybody's meant to do that. And like, and he is there and he's meant to do that. And like, it's interesting because even with people like that, that I know that they mean well, um, they're using a lot of these tactics because they work. Yeah. Yeah. It brings up also the, the subject of, of what is enough. You know, I, I really think it's important for us to reflect on this question, what is enough for us? Um, because that's another thing that we're being kind of sold to is the def definition of success. Mm -hmm. Instead of each coming up with our own definition of success, we're being sold one like you said, Tony Robbins or, you know, some other guru out there were like, that's who you should become. And, and so I'm going to sell you all these marketing strategies that make you into that person. Uh, I, I mean, I'm so allergic now to the six or seven figure uh, kind of headlines, right? Um, they're everywhere. And, and so it's, it's, it's like you are m made made to feel like a loser if you're not at six or seven figures. Mm -hmm. But who says that's your definition of success? Who says you need that much? Yeah. Um, you know, yes, that's kind of a, an average that they came up with, but maybe you're perfectly fine. Maybe your rent is way cheaper and you don't actually need that much and you have a way happier life than some of these people who are constantly pushing themselves to go bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So, I'm not saying big is, is bad. It depends on your definition of success. Yeah. And if that's part of it, then you just need to find a, a better way to get to big. Mm -hmm. But if big is not in your definitions of success, then exactly. Then, you know, just focus on who's already there instead of always chasing after the bigger and the better. Yes. And as well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that six and seven figures as well, because uh there's and this is also used for marketing purposes the people yeah. that are selling that a lot of times they are not there but they get there by getting people to buy that from them <laughs> um, and it's a really interesting dynamic because it's 
I, I've had this a lot of times, um, and it's something that I've been working on myself through the past five or so years. That is, it's it's one of my few trigger points that I have. That is the people that are in this in this space that is more around well being that are selling something that they are not yet they like i know a lot of people that have done you know like a one month course on something and then suddenly they go out and they start to promote themselves uh, in a way that it is kind of misleading just because they don't have enough experience they do they do know the knowledge but it hasn't turned into experience and wisdom and and i know like this is a completely personal like thing just because i've been doing this for 17 years and and sometimes i find it that ah, all of those people that are like doing all of these marketing things are getting a lot more clients Uh just because they are using the tactics that i'm not willing to use and they are misleading people in terms of their own uh, experience and understanding. And, and it's a really interesting dynamic because it's the same with the seven, uh, six and seven figure thing. It's just getting that into there and it's like getting people to see that that's the important thing. And, and I got um, someone uh, that uh, over a year ago asked me why I wasn't successful. And I'm like, what do you mean? Um, and they were like, well, you don't have enough money. And I'm like, uh, I'm successful. I live where I want, how I want, doing what I want. I'm able to, you know, live the life that I want. Yes, I don't have millions, but I'm doing everything that I want. Mm-hmm. That, as you were saying, that's my definition of success. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I'm perfectly okay with where I am. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really think that we need to allow people to define their own success. And, and in the book, I kind of poke at the uh, American dream. Um, having lived there, um, I, I really think this American dream is kind of sold to everyone uh, in the States. And it, to me, it's almost like it's in the constitution. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I'm, I'm poking at. And, and since we're all online and, you know, this is a, a global world now, it feels like the American dream has become a, a kind of a global thing that we should all aspire to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's used in so many marketing, uh, techniques and, and, and just, yeah how people present themselves right and and you're absolutely right they know you know their definition of success is not the same as yours and often i think if you dig deeper they haven't actually looked at their definition of success mm. they're chasing another uh, someone else's dream and and then i think what covid really did for us is is have us pause and maybe 
you know, hopefully some people actually thought, well, what is actually important to me? Because success means you're doing what's important to you, what's essential to you. And so, like you said, it's, it's about living where you want to live, working with the kind of people that you want to live. And believe me, I know because I've been in the wrong place. I did work with the wrong kind of people and that does not feel like success. Yes, you know, the, the bank account looks like you're successful, but deep down you don't feel like like it or you're just not happy. So I think it's really time to, to yeah, think about this idea of success. And of course, now we're talking about us as marketers, right? But if we as marketers pose ourselves that question, that will lead to that change that you were mentioning. Well, when is that going to change? Well, I think that's what's leading to the change. If we are rethinking and, and, you know, I have so much hope for, for your generation, the millennials, well, I can just see it everywhere. It's not the same as it was, you know, for the Gen Xers, where it's, it was always about more and scaling and bigger. It's, it's not that anymore. And so I think it, it will happen uh, unquestionably. Yeah. And you were just mentioning your book and, um, I was just wondering if you can talk a little bit more about your book and what can people expect from your book. And as well, if you have any other resource that you think that would be beneficial for anyone listening. Yeah. Um, so the, the book is really a, uh, I call it a blend between personal development and kind of really pragmatic marketing um, advice or, or not even advice, marketing knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that because I, I structured the book around the journey uh, into the labyrinths and back out to the, the world. And that's a, an image that's often used in personal development. So you, you know, walk into the labyrinths and um, I used a three um three uh, words that start with the letter R and the first one is rumble. So rumble with your story, really find out who you are, uh, what your values are, what your definition of success is, what's enough for you. All of these questions that we often, you know, in marketing, I've never had a marketing program that had me reflect Mm -hmm. on this, but it's so key if you want to build a business that makes you happy and that attracts or resonates with the right client. So I start with yourself and, and rumbling with who you are. And then you're in the middle of the labyrinth and there the letter is rise and rising meaning, well, rising towards yourself, first of all. So really giving yourself permission to be yourself. Also rising um, in terms of being different, allowing and giving yourself permission to be different. And that's how you rise above, you know, the others and and rising also together, like with other partnerships and collaborations and, and working with, with other people that have similar values. And then the final step when you walk back into the world with all this knowledge that you now have is about resonating and resonating with your ideal clients. Because when you bring more of you into your marketing, more of your worldview, that's when the right kind of clients resonate with you because you just, you just 
you know, see the, see the world the same way. And, and it's not like you have to sell to them so much anymore. Mm. It's, it's like they resonate at a deeper level that goes beyond just what you're selling. Mm. And so that's when the, the beautiful conversations happen. And at the end, they're like, so how can we uh, work together? Mm. So yeah, rumble, rise and resonate. That's kind of how the, the book is, is, is um, built. And, I really wanted to bring in quite a lot of my own personal stories. So it's a, yeah, I'm, it's, it's being released on February 17th and it's kind of weird to think, oh gosh, all these, all these personal things are going to be out there in the world, but I came full circle. So I feel okay with it. Wow. Wonderful. And I, and like, I'm, Pretty sure. And I was thinking of the date that you mentioned that by the time that people are listening to this, the book will be out. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So they, they will know. And and just a, another resources. Um, two more things. So if people want to just kind of get a feel for who I am, there's a, a free uh, marketing uh, one page marketing plan on my website. That's at sarahsinacroce.com forward slash one page, the number one and then page. And that takes you through the seven P's of gentle marketing. I can mm-hmm. quickly hold up the, the mandala that I cool. kind of reorganized in the shape of a mandala because the mandala is a creative process that leads us to our center. So I feel like if we are marketing from within, then you know, there's going to be a different feel to, to marketing. And mm. as you see, it starts with passion, personal power, people. So we're, we're starting with ourselves here too, and then go into product pricing and promotion and partnership. Mm. So the, this email series kind of takes you through these seven P's and just makes you reflect upon the, the different parts of your marketing really. And then I'd like to also mention another book by uh, a colleague that um, is called Conscious Marketing, uh, Carolyn Carolyn Tate. Uh, I think she's Australian, and I just think it's a it's a good fit for your audience mm. as well. So look that up, Conscious Marketing. Wonderful, that's that's so good, and I'm looking forward to to also seeing a little bit more from your book once it comes out. Um, and Sarah, what is your one um, go-to tip when you need to, to share about this topic with someone and they're like, okay, only one thing, what's that one? I think it's the, the awareness, really starting with yourself and seeing what feels good and what doesn't. And mm. if it's not feeling good, either unsubscribe or, or give the person the benefit of the doubt and reply and tell them how it made you feel. But not in a bad way where you don't want to, you know, shame the person either, because if it's a really, you know, a good person, then most likely, as we discussed, they've just applied these techniques because they learned them from somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. so that you can really hurt them if you are doing it in the wrong way. Yes, definitely. Yeah, being being gentle as well on yeah. how we are communicating that. Exactly. Uh, on, on a personal level, what has been your latest small act of kindness? Mm. Uh, just yesterday, I, I uh, messaged a, a past client who I know is is single, and so I was just like, let's let's connect because I know how hard it must be right now for people who are you know in lockdown and, and single um mm. so i wanted to connect with her 
Yes, wonderful. It's it's such a an interesting time, and I know so many people that live by themselves, and and it's challenging. I mean, it's challenging for everyone, but being isolated, it's it's not easy. So that's that's yeah. a, such a wonderful thing. And what is the one thing that you wish that everyone in the world knew? You know, I've been working uh, more often with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals from the UN. And I really feel like if I, if more people knew about them and used them in their marketing, even in their business, uh, we would get to where we want to get faster. And it, there's beautiful resources on the UN's website and And I think they're just a great way to figure out our worldview as well and what matters to us. Because we all think, yeah, climate change, of, of course, that matters. But if you look at the 17 different goals, you will find out that there's some that matter to you more than others. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where really beautiful content gets created when you start you know, bringing more of that into your marketing and writing about these goals or causes that that really matter to you because we can't possibly write about everything uh in in those goals but you can make two or three your priority and then talk about those more often yes wonderful i i really like i i've used a lot in a lot of my workshops the the sustainable uh goals and And as well, um, I've used sometimes, and I think that for some people also, this sometimes resonates a little bit more, is the donut, um, <laughs> the donut economic or the donut system that I think that it's quite related. It's just a slightly different approach. I think that both of them are, are really good to, to be able to, to get people to, to think a little bit different and to create some of the changes that we've been talking about. And, yeah. Lastly, Sarah, how can people find you? How can people connect with you? Yeah, they can uh, come to my website, sarahsantacroce.com. Or like I said, the, the one-page marketing plan is at sarahsantacroce.com forward slash one-page. I'm still most often on LinkedIn. So look me up there and send a connection request and mention that, we, uh, that you heard us here. Um, what else? The book is on Amazon or thegentlemarketingrevolution.com forward slash book. Wonderful. And I'm going to put all of that as well on the episode's notes so that everybody has uh, quick and easy access to that. And for everyone that has been listening to this episode, I would love to know um, what you heard that resonated with you what are the things especially around this topic that i think it's so important for a lot of people and a lot of our listeners um they they are actually on this boat that some of these marketing techniques don't resonate i would love for everyone that is listening to to comment on that what's your experience like and what have you learned from this conversation um Thank you so much, Sarah, for taking the time to be here, for the work that you're doing. Um, and I'm actually going to, to go and, and check the one page and just go through with it um, for, for me and see also what comes up because I keep on refining and refining and refining. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks so much for having me. This has been absolutely delightful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time. 
Bye. What did you like the most about this episode? Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today. Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action and said so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect. One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives, contributing to the better world we hope for.